Good morning. Welcome to episode 170 of the Friendly Neighborhood Podcast. I'm Pat Cannon. And I'm Gina Tarone. So we have something we want to talk to you guys about before we really get into the show today. Yeah. Uh, we are thinking about ending the podcast. We've been doing this now for about three and a half years. Yeah, and that makes sense. We honestly don't know if anybody's listening because we really don't get feedback from anybody. So if you're listening, let us know. Uh, and don't just like the post, actually say something or email us and let us know, hey, I'm listening. Right. Uh, because then we will continue uh, if we know that there are people listening. And if you do listen, please share it so other people will listen as well. Because what's happening is the podcast is starting to feel too much like work. We don't make any money off of this. And if nobody is listening, then what's the point? Right. Because uh, it started off as a fun thing, but now it's not fun anymore. Yeah. I mean, we still enjoy talking to each other, and obviously that's not going to end. But rather than going through the hassle of trying to find a comic book to read every month and trying to find a topic every week and editing, Pat and I could just sit together on the couch and have a conversation. Exactly. So if you are listening, if you are a fan, let us know, and we'll continue doing it because that would light another spark underneath us if we know that people are actually enjoying the work that we're putting out. Right. Um, and uh, otherwise, uh, if we don't hear from anybody, next week will be our last episode. Yeah. And then we'll start shutting things down. Our website will go away. The domain will go away. Uh, our SoundCloud will go away. So everything will just disappear mm-hmm. at a certain point once all the accounts run out. Right. And who knows? We might be back one day. Maybe. In a new and improved yeah, if we do come back, honestly, I feel like we should do something more specific and less broad. Yeah, we should review all the flavors of Doritos. Okay. We'll make a Doritos podcast. Yeah. <laughs> For your snacking pleasure. Yeah, yeah. It could be a little ASMR as we open the bag in front of the mic, go digging in it, crunch really loud in, into the mic. People might enjoy it. Or throw up, one way or the other. Yeah, Uh, but we just want to get that out of the way first. Let everybody know what we're thinking, what's happening. We already put posts on social media, on both Facebook and Twitter. Yep. So so you can either reply to those posts, or you can email us at uh, tfmpod at gmail.com, or Mm -hmm. pat at tfmpod.com, or gino at tfmpod.com. Right. If you don't want to email the two of us together, you can email us individually, or you can come on social media. Mm -hmm. We're keeping an eye out. Yep. All right. So now let's get into our topic for this week. Yay, topic. So we uh, found an article online about uh, a Dreamcast for the X-Men for the MCU. Yeah, this is from a website called Fansided, and it's by Daniel DeVita. So we saw this. Pat and I do fan castings every once in a while, and we decided rather than doing a fan casting ourselves. We'll look at somebody else's and discuss what we like, what we don't like, who we might want to slip in instead. Yeah, so let's get to it. Uh, they have 20 yeah. uh, characters with their casting. So we'll just go through them. We'll say if we like them, why we like them, why we don't. And if we don't like them, who we would cast in their place. Right. And one thing I do want to point out is these are adult X-Men, not teenagers. Yes. Yes, yes. Which I... I like the idea of adult X-Men. But I, I have a feeling that, the MCU will go to the teenager route like they did with Spider-Man. I, well, I think to, I think so, too. Um, it kind of makes sense to introduce them as younger actors. 
because then the whole idea of the school makes more sense also. Right, right. And I did hear some people speculate that maybe mutants come about because of the two snaps that happened on Earth. Right. All that gamma energy flooding the planet. Maybe some people got their X gene activated at that point. I don't know. Something like that. I've heard a few theories. One is that all the radiation that came off of the snaps triggered people's mutant abilities, which would be cool. Um, I heard another one relating to the the multi-world theory that there's a bunch of Earths and somehow the X-Men Earth merged with the MCU Earth. I so don't love kind of like crisis. Yeah. I don't love the idea that mutants were there all along and they were just hidden because where the fuck were they during the battle of New York? Where were they during? Right. Well, where were uh, they during, during so infinity war and Endgame? There was an alt scene, by the way, I don't know if you remember this from Iron Man one. Okay. The Nick Fury scene, the post-credit scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where he actually doesn't talk about the other heroes that became the MCU. Mm-hmm. And Tony, he tells him about Spider-Man and the X-Men. Right. So uh, so if that scene had been there all along, then uh, they, they, they lived the ground for, for back in 2008. Right. But because it wasn't in the theatrical cut, there's been no mention of, of mutants. Right. And I do really hope that if they do introduce the mutants, they explain why everybody hates them, other than the fact that they're mutants. That was, well, that was one of my complaints for the, the comic that we read last week, is there, what's the difference between an Iceman and Spider-Man? Right, but um, I also understood it from the comic last week. Okay. Because of the genetics involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were the replacement for humanity. So it was hu- sure. So it was humans fearing their own obsolescence. Okay. All right. That's what I was getting out of it because they they made comment uh, comments about um, uh, the homo superior, homo superior, and everything. Yeah. And then uh, that's why uh, there was a whole big thing when Phil saw that Cyclops said they're not worth it. He's like, what What does he mean they're not worth it? Yeah. No, I. I agree. I just want them, if they are going to go the we've been here the whole time thing, that they explain it a little bit more in the book. In the, uh, they explain it a little bit more in the movie. Right. I think anyway. they're good. I think mutants will get introduced actually in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yes. Um, because yeah, I, think, I, because I, think, I think it is the multiple Earth thing that's going to yeah. happen. I don't think it's going to be the snap that caused it. Right. I did see one theory that I'm kind of a big fan of, and it's WandaVision takes place during the time that Scarlet Witch was destroying the Mind Stone. Okay. That the entire series takes place in those couple minutes um, where she grew, she and Vision got married. They had kids. There were a couple different versions of their life together because. She was actually destroying the Mind Stone, so it was kind of flickering. And that further explains at the battle in Endgame why she was so pissed. And she said something like, you destroyed everything. Mm -hmm. Because she saw a possible future with her being happy with Vision and her two kids. Was it Wiccan and Fast Guy? Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, one of them's named Wiccan and the other's a speedster. That's yeah. what I'm thinking of right now. But that's, that's why she's ball? so mad. Sorry? Was, is that Speedball? Yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, And that's why she's so mad is because he took that away from her. Okay. I like just, that. Just a theory. But yeah, I've seen a few interesting theories, especially as of late, because there's been some more talk about WandaVision and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's All jump right. into this casting. Yeah. So first up, we have the character of Cyclops, mm-hmm. Scott Summers. And they cast Henry Cavill. He's a good actor. He, he's, a, he's a very good actor, and I like this casting. Because Cyclops is always the straight-laced guy. He's sure. a straight man. Mm-hmm. He was Superman, who's also the same thing. Right. And, and there's rumors about him coming back as Superman, but... Nothing is confirmed, and he was kind of... There's a very public outing of him. Yeah. So this would make actually sense. I don't dislike this casting. I just always picture Scott as someone a little lankier. Yeah. Henry Cavill has muscles. He's Superman. He's super, he, he has a physique more like Superman than what I picture Cyclops having. Yeah, or a physique more like, say, Captain America. Right. Um, that being said, actors gain and lose weight for roles all the time. Exactly. Maybe he just loses some muscle mass for it. Yeah. But I wanted to say up front, he's a fantastic actor. Yeah. I like everything I've seen him in. Yeah. And even in Mission Impossible, he was kind of that straight laced. Um, he, he was, he was a straight man. Yeah. Not that there was a whole lot of comedy in the movie, but well, Yes. But he, yeah, he was definitely, like you said, he was the more straight-laced guy where things were happening, were bouncing off of him rather than him being the one cracking jokes. Right. All right. Mm-hmm. Next up on the casting list is Jean Grey. And they went Amy Adams. Yeah. Now, Amy Adams is a fantastic actress. Mm-hmm. So I could definitely see this happening. My problem with it is that they literally, yeah. for Scott and Jean, cast Clark and Lois. Right. That's a direct On shot the flip at DC side, they did that. We've seen the relationship between those two in the DCEU. And they have chemistry. And they do have chemistry. So it wouldn't be super weird. Yeah. But like you said, it's kind of odd that they would take a pair of actors that had a relationship in another universe and just bring them over oh i mean they did that already with the mcu though did they yeah uh except uh, what was really weird it was um quicksilver and scarlet witch Mm -hmm. the last time we saw those two together they were husband and wife and now they're brother and sister oh yep because they were husband and wife in 2014's godzilla oh oh Weird. And okay. then the, follow, follow, the following year, they were in Age of Ultron, and uh, they were brother and sister. Interesting. Yeah, so uh, that, that, that they have done it before with the MCU, but it was a weird one. Yeah. And then they killed one of them. Right. But I can definitely see Amy Adams playing Jean Grey. Oh, absolutely. She's got red hair, which is a plus. But, I mean, that could always be dyed. No, it's a plus. <laughs> Because uh, no, uh, even with uh, the hair being a factor, let's just put it this way. Um, so for Supergirl, uh, uh, the character's a blonde. Melissa Benoist is actually a brunette. Right. She dyes her hair for Supergirl. Mm-hmm. 
very easy, especially for for a female uh, to do. No, she's. They have to just cast a redhead. <laughs> it comes down to her and like Felicia Day. Those are the yeah. only two people they can cast. Or you know they put a wig on like like they do uh, uh, for ScarJo. Yeah, because there were moments in the original Avengers movie where it's obvious she's wearing a fucking wig. Mm-hmm. All, right, All right, moving on. We have Rogue, and they cast Lauren Cohen. Yeah, I like this casting. Me too. I've seen her in a couple of things, and I think she could, she could definitely pull it off as Rogue. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. where I recognize her from. Where Walking Dead and Supernatural. Yep, uh, and uh, also Chuck. And Chuck, yeah. Okay, okay. I was looking at her. I'm like, I recognize her from something. Where yeah. have I seen her? There it is. Oh, and she also right played now, Martha Wayne. Exactly. I was going to say she was Martha. <laughs> she was the Martha. She, she was the Martha. Yep. Okay. She's been in enough things. I like it. Not that it really matters if she was in things. but yeah. But we have a reference point for her. Yeah. Now that I know where I've seen her from, sure, we can cast her as Rogue. Yeah. I'm sure that she can pull off a southern accent. Yeah, because I think she's British in real life. Oh, is she? Yeah. Okay, fair but, enough. But, but I think uh, the British can do very easily do a southern accent, from what I've noticed. Yeah. So she has dual citizenship, UK and US. Yeah, because I've seen her play both British before and Southern, because she was Southern in The Walking Dead. Okay, cool. Uh, and uh, she was British in both Supernatural and Chuck. Okay. It says here that she's known for her distinctive mid-Atlantic accent. I don't know what that is. Neither do I. It says that she can, a mid-Atlantic, mid-Atlantic accent can easily do American or British. It's like a combination of the two. Anyway, good casting. I agree. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have Storm. Mm-hmm. And it's Yatiti Badaki. Sure. I don't think I pronounced that right, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I don't know her, this actress. I just looked her up on IMDb. Uh, she's from American Gods. Okay. She played Bilquis mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On, on American Gods. And she's from This Is Us. Right. Yeah, I don't recognize her from anything else. Yeah. Which is, isn't bad. Um, yeah. We don't have a point of reference for her. So I. So we can't, so we can't say good or bad on that one. Yeah, I can't say whether this is good or not, but it's good to have some unknowns or lesser known actors. Exactly. Not everybody can be A lister, especially in an ensemble cast. You need yeah. those, those couple bull stakes to yeah. really have the drawing power and anchor the rest of the cast. But it should also be used to showcase some lesser-known talent. Right. Well, exactly. Because what the MCU does is mm-hmm. a lot of times they'll take the unknowns and they'll make them A-listers. Right. Because who the hell knew who Chris Hemsworth was before he was Thor? Exactly. Uh, just as an example. Yeah. But in the uh, Thor and, movie, and, you also and had... They just Benedict Cumberbatch uh, uh, as an a, to an A-lister. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we know who Tom Holland is. Now he's being cast in a bunch of different things, right? And what they what they do, and we've talked about it in the past, is they'll cast as the main character an A lister. I mean, uh, a relatively unknown, but then they'll cast one or two A listers as secondary or even tertiary characters, like Anthony yeah. Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins, yeah. Or by yeah. the time Spider Man came around, you had Robert Downey Jr. in the yeah. movie. 
Yeah, uh, and also Michael Keaton. And Michael Keaton. Yeah, you had some bigger names that he was playing off of, but Tom Holland was the star. Right. And even Robert Downey Jr., when he was in the first Iron Man, was kind of an unknown at that point because he had been down and out. Right. Because that was the movie that brought him back. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they had him playing off Jeff Bridges. Right. So a lot of times uh, the A-listers might end up being like the villain. Right. For like a solo hero movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Or something like that, or or in the case of Thor, like a parent or something like that. Yeah, yeah, not not one of the characters up front, but someone that you can cast at, someone that you can say, hey, they're in the movie, but it's not going to take away from the person that you're trying to push. Right. I mean, in in my mind, it's similar to what they do. At least what good wrestlers do is they'll be a a lesser known wrestler that's just getting their start on one of the big shows. And then they'll have a match against someone big, like a John Cena and they'll John Cena will lose to them further cementing that this new person is a threat. They do, they do it in wrestling all the time. And it's a similar idea here where you'll have a bigger name as a villain, like you said, or someone else that the lesser known actor can play off. of. Right. All right. Moving on. Yeah. Next up is Iceman, Tom Ellis. And this is Lucifer from the TV show Lucifer. Mm -hmm. I don't hate it. I think that he can play a good Iceman. Yeah. See, you know, you know this guy more than I do because you watched through Lucifer. I did not. Uh, I literally saw the one scene of Lucifer from Crisis. (laughs) He's like, here's a playing card. Bye. Yeah. I think that he could play a good Iceman. Um, I'd rather see him as Gambit. Okay. Just because at least in Lucifer, he's got that suave cockiness that yeah. Gambit has. Yeah. And I think that he could pull that off really well. That being said, Iceman also has a decent level of cockiness about him. Yeah. He's just not suave like Gambit he's is. He's just not suave. Yeah. Yeah. And it it'd be interesting to see whether they how they cast him, regardless, if it's Tom Ellis or anybody else. If they cast him as the old Iceman from the movies where he had a thing with Rogue, Mm -hmm. or if they take a page out of the comics and they make him gay. Yeah. Either one would be cool. Um, Yeah. I don't have anybody else in mind to play Iceman. Neither do I. But I like the idea of of Iceman being in, in the movie anyway. Yeah. So, but I'll say this: the who I think the cast in the movie should be, though, mm-hmm. uh, especially if they're gonna go the teenager route for the movie itself. Yeah, it should be the original five. Sure, with Xavier as, uh, and then Magneto as the villain. Mm-hmm. That's what it should be, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and grow from there because you can't start with a huge ensemble cast. Right, right. Uh, what I kind of want to see them do is not have an X Men movie right away. I wanted to see them drop these heroes into other movies. Well, the way I'm like I'm picturing it is them going like, going like kind of like the Guardians of the Galaxy route, where you start with with a team, yeah, and go from there. Then you might see them pop up in other things. Could be Zarchan on Earth. Okay, I'd um, rather uh, see them do something like Rogue shows up in Captain Marvel two, Storm shows up in Black Panther two, maybe Xavier shows up in I don't know Doctor Strange. Maybe his name just shows up. It doesn't necessarily need to be the actor that they cast. Maybe there's a contingency plan 
that Tony put in place for the Infinity Stones, and it's called the Illuminati. And Doctor Strange is doing his thing in Multiverse of Madness, but we get a a shot of either a move a either a monitor or a book or something that has the Illuminati symbol in it, and it just shows a few names. Yeah. So I I want to see them drop these characters, kind of sprinkle them across a few different things, and then bring them together. Yeah, well, I know if, if they were going to do the Illuminati, mm-hmm. there's a major player there they don't have yet. Namor? Reed. Oh, they don't have Reed? They haven't made a Panthers 4 yet. Right, right. They need to cast a Reed. They need to cast a Reed also um, for, for Illuminati. I was going to say, that Disney has rights to the Fantastic Four now. Yes, they just haven't done anything with them. I, I was saying, who is not currently in the MCU. Got it. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Because they uh, also don't have a Namor. They also don't have a Namor, which they can't get. Right, exactly. His rights are still tied up somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they don't have read. They don't. Have, uh, I would think they want to redo Black Bolt. That's what I was thinking too. Uh, because Inhumans was a goddamn disaster. Right. <laughs> we don't talk about that. Yeah, exactly. Like I, for a second, I forgot that Black, Inhumans existed. Uh, mm-hmm. I almost said they don't have a Black Bolt. I said no, they have to redo Black. Bolt. No, they do. <laughs> They'd have to redo them. Uh, Doctor Strange is part of the Illuminati. Who they have? Mm-hmm. Stark is part of it, but he's dead. Right. <laughs> Uh, and T'Challa is part of it, and I don't know what they're gonna do with that character. Right now, now that Shadow Boseman passed away. Right. I'm just saying, I I want to see the X Men characters sprinkled about prior to an X Men movie. That makes sense if they're adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they go the teenager route, it does not make sense. Right. Because also, if they go the teenager route, like I was saying, they should do the original five, where it's Cyclops, Gene. Uh, Iceman, Beast, and Angel. Sure. I like that idea. Uh, and then have Professor X, and then depend on Fight Magneto. Mm-hmm. A very traditional X-Men movie. Yes. yes. And start, start there and build from there. Mm-hmm. Because also, not only is this going to be part of the MCU, but they have to build it, it as its own franchise also. Right. Like Guardians did, because Guardians was, a, was nothing until it was the MCU, and now it's huge. Right. And uh, X-Men, I think, actually needs to rebuild the brand. They need, they need to kind of reset things. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. So that's, that's why I don't think it's a good idea to just, just drop them in randomly. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think they should do it to differentiate themselves from the other movies, make them teenagers again. Oh. Ha- have it be they're, they're, they're all just recruited by Professor X. My He's only issue... Teen- Sorry, okay, go, ahead. Well, go ahead. Oh, my only issue with making them teenagers again is this would be the third time that we've seen an origin movie for the X-Men. This is the third time that a no, team of X-Men... It's the second time. The first movie was not an origin story. The first one wasn't an origin story, but they still fought Magneto. Well, because that's your classic X-Men villain. Well, e- exactly. But I'd want to see them... I want to see these characters before they fight Magneto. I'm fine with their first movie being against Magneto because he's a classic villain. I have an idea, then. The first movie... Is the original five X Men Professor X mm-hmm. against the Brotherhood, but not okay. Magneto? You okay. find out that Magneto is in the movie. Okay, I'm more on board with that. So they'll fight characters like Toad and Avalanche and those types of characters. Sure. Okay, I'm definitely more on board with that. Yeah, I, because also the reason why I want to introduce Magneto is because I want him to tie him back to Wanda. Oh yeah, that that's the reason for that because they already have his daughter in there. Sure. They can introduce Magneto in WandaVision. Yeah. All right. 
But let's move on with the list. Sure. So next up is the character of Mystique, and they cast Margot Robbie. I mean, sure. My problem with this is the kind of the rule that they've always had in place about DC and Marvel. Mm-hmm. Harley Quinn. <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't, like, Superman, at least he was kind of, like, on the outs of DC. Right. Like, there's talk of him coming back, might not happen. Marco Robbie is still very much Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I think that she could play the role very well. Yeah, well, she's a very good actress. But um, I I wouldn't want to see her as Mystique, because that all but confirms that she's not going to be Harley Quinn anymore. Right. And, she's <laughs> and I want to see her as Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn. She's perfectly cast as Harley Quinn. She's one of the the bright points of the DC movies. Yeah. So I don't want them to take that away. Right. It would be fun to see her, to see Mystique, not necessarily Margot Robbie, in the X-Men movie. I know that she was in both of the other series. I wouldn't necessarily want to see her up front, but eventually it'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I'm trying All to think right. of someone else that I would cast for Mystique, but nobody's jumping out at me right now. Yeah. Well, because you know what's funny? Because uh, Margot Robbie is kind of like in the same caliber as like a Jennifer Lawrence, who was the last person to play Mystique. Sure. So that's why it just fits. Yeah. Yeah. She she does just fit. But the problem is, is the DC connection. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, we have the character of Beast. Mm-hmm. And they cast Dan Fogler. I like it. I'm not familiar with him. Um, Where have I seen him? I'm looking at his IMDb right now. He's known for Fantastic Beasts. Oh, there it is. He's... I like him as an actor. I like him in Fantastic Beasts, which is where I saw him. But he's... At least in Fantastic Beasts, he's a muggle that found out about magic. So he's very much a fish out of water. Okay. Um, Actually, he's a comedian. So I don't necessarily love a comedian playing Beast. Yeah, because Beast is like, you know, like the intellectual type. Mm-hmm. Do I think that he could do a good job? Maybe. I don't, I haven't seen him in anything where he's portraying someone that's more intellectual, but I'd rather see someone who is known for having a smarter character portray Beast. Yeah, but at the same time, we don't know what somebody could do until they do it. Sure, sure. Because, because there are other actors that have a cast of roles that we were that we kind of scoffed at, and then they became classic actors of that role. Oh yeah, I like I said, I don't necessarily think that he'd be bad at it, but I just haven't seen him do anything like this. Um, yeah, uh, cool. Because like a good example of an actor that was scoffed at was Heath Ledger as the Joker. Oh yeah, or even before that, Michael Keaton as Batman. Right, right. Because we didn't see him do anything like that, and look how fantastic both those roles were. Yeah, absolutely. He very well could do a great job. But that's just not how I see him. Right. Well, like, because the same thing, like I was just, just saying, like with Michael Keaton, mm-hmm. he was known for comedies. Right. And you wouldn't see a character known for comedies doing like the role of Batman. Right. Who is a very serious character. Which is funny because a few years later, we got George Clooney, who is known for more serious things like ER, playing one of the funniest Batman movies. I would, I'm not sure I would call it funny, but silly. <laughs> I'll call okay. it silly. Silly. The, one of the least lighthearted Batman movies. Oh, sorry. One of the most lighthearted Batman movies. Yeah, I was going to say, one of the least lighthearted Batman movies. Are you talking about Batman v Superman, or are you, sure are you talking about Batman and Robin? No, Batman and Robin was incredibly serious. Um, kids had to leave the theater because they were so scared. All right. Next up, we have Angel. Mm-hmm. 
And they cast Nikolaj uh, Coster Waldo, aka Jamie Lannister. Yeah, I kind of like that casting. Okay. I can easily see him playing a a rich guy. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like Jamie Lannister. But um, you didn't watch Game of Thrones, but I did not. he had he had some character growth because he was a Lannister, but he also got a little bit more grounded as the show went on. I can, I can see him playing angel who is this rich kid who then is ostracized by his dad because he has the angel wings. Okay. All right. Next up, we have the character of Jubilee Mm -hmm. uh, and they cast Aquafina. What have I seen her in, Pat? Uh, well, first of all, I'll say is I really don't like Aqu- Aquafina. <laughs> okay. Well, I've seen her in. All she does is, like, scream. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, she was uh, in the newest Jumanji movie. Uh, oh, okay. She, uh, she was the thief at the, uh, character there. Right. Uh, she uh, was... I, I also saw her in Ocean's 8. She was in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I see what you're saying. The movies that I've seen her in aren't to the same caliber as what I'd want to see out of an X-Men movie. Right. Uh, I've seen Crazy Rich Asians and yeah. that did really well. But I don't think that was because of her. No. I haven't seen anything from her that makes me think she's a good actress. Fair enough. I'll say that much. But uh, I also can't think of another Asian actress of, or, uh, of a young age to play Jubilee. Because Jubilee is also younger than everybody else. Yeah. The, the only other Asian actress that I can think of is Migne Wa Owen. <laughs> and she's in her 50s. <laughs> and she's in her 50s. And just no. Although, I'm guessing that you didn't drop the 30 bucks for Mulan yet, right? I did not. All right. Did you? Uh, no. Okay. Um, but well, maybe. By the way, Mulan's going to be free on December 4th. Right. That's one reason that I didn't do it. I'm fucking waiting for three months. Yeah. I I thought about maybe this weekend or next next weekend seeing if people want to come over and drop a few bucks to see it. But it's it's not like a UFC fight or something yeah. that, that so, we're all itching for. The way that I put it, because yes, there are people clamoring for this movie. So that's why this is a movie that makes sense to do this with. Mm-hmm. But for me, I would have done this with Black Widow. Oh, yeah. That's where I would drop the money. Mm-hmm. Or not even just Disney, but say if this was like the new Bond movie. Okay. I, I would drop the money for that. Or if it was Quiet Place 2, I'd drop the money. Yeah. This is a movie I'm clamoring for in the way I'm clamoring for those movies. Right, right. So because of that, I'm not going to drop the money to see it. Yeah. I was talking to Sarah about it, and I said $30 for if just the two of us watched it isn't so bad in context of we get to sit in our house, wear whatever we want, eat whatever we want and watch the movie compared to if we went to the theater it would be because yeah because well, there's two of you could look at this way it's 15 bucks a person right not terrible but on the other hand this isn't a movie that she and i would have gone to see in the theater anyway right so why would i spend money on something that i wouldn't have necessarily gone to see like maybe if we went to the drive-in and it was attached to another movie that we wanted and it was a double feature sure but she and i wouldn't have gone to see the movie at AMC, for example. So why would I spend the money on it? Especially right. since in three months it's going to be on Disney Plus. Right. For free. For free. That's what I meant. Yep. 
like I, I want the movie to do well. It's a tangent. I don't care. I want the movie to do well. But on the flip side, I don't want it to do well because I don't want more streaming services to do this. Right. There are a few examples where they've done stuff like this. Uh, but none of it was streaming services. It was all like you can get it on Amazon or Vudu or something like that for oh, premium sure. price. Yeah, that's premium rental is the way they did it. So you get right. forty eight hours. I think with Mulan, you own it. You do. Well, mm, I think you own it like you own things on Apple, right? Where you cancel your subscription and you can't watch it anymore, or similar to Xbox Live or PS Plus. Exactly. You own it, but as soon as you cancel your subscription, it's gone. Right. Yeah. Anyway, back to the list. Let's keep going. Yeah. Next up is Gambit. So we talked about Gambit earlier, Mm -hmm. and they cast Channing Tatum. And this was cast because he was supposed to have his own Gambit movie. Yeah. I don't think... For years. I don't think that he'd be bad at it. No, I don't think so either. But... But, um, I haven't seen the acting chops from him also. That too. I've seen a few more movies with him... Than I think you have, maybe. Yeah, I've, I've seen him in a few things. Um, I saw him in the, the 21 Jump Street movies. Or so 21, I. 22. Uh, I also saw him in White House Down. Right. Um, The Kingsman movie. Kingsman, yep. Kingsman, yeah. He was in that. Um, I saw him in some rom-com. Not even rom-com. It was, I think he was starring opposite Amy Adams. Okay. I saw him in a movie like that. So I, I've seen him do more dramatic and we've seen him in white house down doing more action so he wouldn't necessarily be bad but i think that there's better actors that can play gambit yeah i think tom ellis what we were saying earlier is a better choice than channing tatum yeah i think tom ellis is a better choice if channing tatum's going to be in the movie let him be let him be in the movie yeah but maybe not as gambit yeah all right next up if if they switch them I think that he could be a fine Iceman. I think so, too. <laughs> because uh, he's not as suave as Tom Ellis is. Right. But he can do the, the goofy thing. The goofy thing and the cocky thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very easily. Yeah. Oh, Also, one thing I just wanted to go back to really quick. We were talking about how I was saying how uh, uh, the X-Men should be teenagers. Mm-hmm. I want to uh, throw in why I think that also. Okay. Because I always look at the X-Men as contemporaries of Spider-Man. Spider-Man's a teenager. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to, uh, to put that kind of button on it. That, that That's the reason why I think they should be teenagers. Sure. All right. Next up, we have Wolverine. And they cast John Bernthal. And I can definitely see that. Yeah. I mean, we, we've, we've seen him do enough things that... Yeah, we've seen him do great work also. Look at him as the Punisher. Mm-hmm. Problem is, he's already in the MCU. He's Punisher. I mean, he's about as much as in the MCU as anybody from... Yeah, or the Netflix shows. (laughs) Except for Phil Coulson. Coulson is definitely in the MCU. Yeah, I could definitely see him being Wolverine. I know the other fan favorite that could be Wolverine is Keanu Reeves, which I could also say. Not that I I care, and obviously movie magic can do their thing, but what everybody misses with Wolverine is he's short. Yeah, I know. His canon height is 5'3". I would look tall standing next to him. Yeah. And you are not a tall man. I'm not a tall man. John Bernthal is 5'11". So obviously, with lighting and whatnot, they can make him look shorter. Yeah. Whatever. And not that it's a sticking point. I mean, Hugh Jackman, I think, is 
over six. Yeah. And Hugh Jackman is the iconic Wolverine now. Right. So it's not like, I don't think that fans would be up in arms that they cast a taller Wolverine, but it'd be kind of cool to see a shorter Wolverine. Yeah. Okay. So Wolverine is definitely taller than Danny DeVito, who stands at 410. Why wow, are you going to cast Danny DeVito as Wolverine? No, no, no. I was just trying to put it in in perspective. I would say cast Danny DeVito if this was like an SNL skit. <laughs> yeah. All right. No, now I'm going down a, a rabbit hole. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci is 5'3". Martin Scorsese is 5'3". Dio is 5'3". Oh. I'm done going down this, this rabbit hole. But but those are just some actors that uh, uh, height range. All right. Next up, we have Nightcrawler. And they cast Bill Hader. Okay. Can he do a convincing German accent, though? I see what you're saying. That's the question. Nightcrawler is a very German character. I feel like I've seen Bill Hader do German. But does he do it well? Mm, that's the thing. Bill Hader does... Obviously, he's a goofier actor because he got his start on SNL. Right. But I've seen him do some more dramatic things. Yeah. I always want well, to... No, see- no, he, he's a very good actor. Yeah. Uh, and also, actually, this article even says for uh, Kurt's German accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, while at SNL, uh, Hader did dead on impressions of everyone from Alan Alda to Vincent Price... So they're sure he can get it down. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I was gonna say. Is, like, so, so he's also kind of an impressionist. So he could so he so he could just do whatever German accent he wants to do. Right. As long as it doesn't come across as too campy. Yeah. I think that it could be cool. Right. Next up, we have the obvious one. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. I mean, yes. I mean, is there any other Deadpool at this point? <laughs> no. No. There's no alternatives here. If it's live action, it's Ryan Reynolds. If it's uh, animation or video game, it's Nolan North. Yeah. Simple as that. There's not too much discussion here. Yeah. But because also we do know that Deadpool 3 talks with Marvel kind of fell apart. Oh, did they? Yeah. So there's not anything currently in active development for Deadpool, but they still want to use Ryan Reynolds in the MCU. Of course they do. It's Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Similar to the next one on the list, we have Dwayne Johnson as Colossus. My problem with this, can Dwayne Johnson do a convincing Russian accent? <laughs> Very true. Because I don't think he can. <laughs> I doubt it. I haven't heard him do a convincing anything accent. Yeah. But he definitely looks the part. He looks the part, yeah. <laughs> that's about where the similarities end. Yeah. Because just how Nightcrawler is very German, Colossus is very Russian. <laughs> oh, yes. Very Russian. Yeah. I think... Like, like in the original X movies, they Americanized him, mm-hmm. but he also wasn't a major character. Right. But they called him Peter instead of Piotr. Right. But, but, like, he's a Russian character. He needs to be Russian. Yeah. I think uh, that there's better choices out there, even though Disney slash Marvel would be lucky to get him in an MCU movie. Yes. But, again, there's the DC conundrum with him. Right. Black Adam. Oh, yeah. And he, he's heading his own movie. So I don't think that he's necessarily going to... Right. Oh, everybody that's kind of gone between the two has been a side character at best. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're talking uh, people like uh, Jemon Hunsu. Right. Uh, doing both Shazam and uh, uh, Guardians of Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking people like that going between. But he wasn't a major character in any of those movies. Right. All right. 
Next up, uh, we have Kitty Pride, mm-hmm. and they cast Emma Appleton. Yes. Looking at her IMDb, her claim to fame is The Witcher, the show. Okay. Outside of that, it's one-off appearances on different shows. Yeah, so she's an unknown. She's an unknown. Because also, her claim to fame for The Witcher, she was in two episodes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's where people have seen her, but you're right. It's not like she's unknown. So I see something with this, where mm-hmm. they're going with this, with this casting. Yeah. They're not going classic X-Men. They're going Pride of the X-Men. Yeah. That damn thing from the 80s. Mm-hmm. That I had a VHS. <laughs> uh, that was um, a, a, a pilot for a show that never took off. Right. Or for some reason, Wolverine was Australian. I mean, Hugh Jackman's Australian. Yeah, but he didn't do an Australian accent. <laughs> no. Where Wolverine in that show had a very Australian accent. Yeah. Uh, and so how in the X-Men animated series in the 90s, Jubilee was kind of her eyes into that world. Mm-hmm. In this one, it was Kitty Pride. Okay. Where, where she was the young one who came in. She was our eyes into the world of the X-Men. Yeah, yeah. Looking at her picture and a couple other images, it looks like Katie Pride would be a fit for her. Yeah. She, she's a petite actress that I can easily believe could run through walls. Yes. All right. Uh, we're going to start getting into some fringe characters here, I think. Yeah. Because next up is Cable. Mm-hmm. There's no way in hell Cable's in the first X-Men movie. No, no. There's some building that needs to go on before this. Yeah. And they cast Stephen Lang. And I think that's pretty good for casting. For yeah, cable. I think that's great casting. <laughs> that's, that's perfect casting. <laughs> he very much looks like a Cable. Yes. And he all, he's always like that military guy who's very serious and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have Emma Frost. Mm-hmm. And they cast Trisha Helfer. I could see it. Yeah. I can um, see it too. But uh, again, my problem is accent. Emma Frost is British. Um, Trisha Helfer is not. She's American. She's Canadian. Oh, Canadian. Don't be racist, Pat. I thought she was American. Uh, but she has a very, like, American accent. She does, but according to her Wikipedia, she's a voice actress. So she might be able to pull off. She, she might be able to pull off, but just what I'm saying is it's very rare that an American or Canadian, in this case, pulls off a convincing British accent. It's normally the other way around. Yeah. Or they might just make her American like they did in First Class. Right. She did the voice of Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat X. Not British, but still. They should have kept her for Eleven. <laughs> the worst part of Eleven <laughs> was Sonya. <laughs> yeah. None of the other things that she's been in are jumping out at me as British. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Next up, we have our Magneto casting. Mm-hmm. Ray Stevenson. Okay. I'm not sold... But I'm also not not sold. Here's a problem. He's already MCU. Literally. It's... He's Volstagg from the Thor movies. Oh. He's literally MCU. Oh. He's here screaming with Hemsworth. Okay. I mean, he died in Ragnarok. Well, most of them died in Ragnarok. Yeah. But that's a struck against him, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, because you're right. He's literally already been in the MCU. Yeah, I, I th- of the things that he's been in, I think that he can play a Magneto type. Yeah. But you're right. I don't know if they'd want to cast someone who is 
that closely related to the MCU. Yeah. Although it's if it's a few years out, people might have forgotten. Yeah. And also he was such a minor character in Thor. Right. And also this guy has also once upon a time played Frank Castle. Yeah. Two thousand eight. Yep. So he has definitely has some Marvel lineage. Right. Kind of like Chris Evans did. Right, right. All right. Next up, we have Toad. And they cast Pete Davidson. All right. Here's my thoughts on this. Yeah. I, I don't like Pete Davidson. That's what I was going to say. I really don't like him. <laughs> I don't doubt that he could pull off Toad, but I don't like him. I don't like his act. I haven't liked any movies that I've seen him in. Yeah. And even, the, when he, even when he's on SNL, he's just not funny. I was going to say, the few instances that I've caught him on SNL, I don't like him <laughs> in yeah. those skits. And I, I think that Hollywood is is trying to push him. Yeah. But just no. Just just no. Yeah. All right. Then our last casting here is for Professor X himself, Charles Xavier. Mm-hmm. Graham McTavish. Yeah. That's that's pretty good casting. That's good casting. He he definitely portrays a an air of uh he definitely portrays Professor X. Yes. Absolutely. Um and I think that he, I think that he could stand up against Patrick Stewart. Oh, easily, yeah. Now, obviously, all of these castings have been an older class. Yes, which isn't necessarily bad, depending how they so, do so, it. So, uh, this is more comparing it to the Avengers than to Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, I'll just throw this idea out there for you and for anybody listening that wants to comment. Um, Maybe next week we can come up with a list of 10 people that we would want to see in a younger X-Men movie. Yeah. And you and I can do a quick fan casting of that. Yeah. So you guys let us know what you think. Yeah. Let us know. All right. So that that just does it for the fan casting. Yep. So now let's move on to nerd warning. Yay, nerd warning. And my nerd warning is a biggie. Mm -hmm. I've been playing Marvel's Avengers, which came out this past Friday. Yeah. So I played it Friday night. I played it all day yesterday, which was Saturday. We're recording on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I really like it. Good. Uh, I think you would like it too. You think? Yes. Because it's not really a game as a service until you get to the end game. Oh, really? Yeah. The campaign is a campaign. Okay. And it's a pretty damn good adventure story. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, so like you go through and, uh, cause also to even get the characters you need for the, uh, war zone missions, mm-hmm. the war, uh, uh, the war table stuff, you need to unlock them from the story. Okay. So you don't start with everybody. You start with Kamala. Yeah. And Banner. Okay. And you go from there. So, th- so then the, as the story progresses, then you get, um, uh, Stark, then you get Romanoff. Then you get Thor, and then spoilers, you get Cap. You mean he's not dead? But I like the way that they introduced him into the story. All right. Um, uh, and also, I accidentally spoiled something for myself because I'm, oh not no. the, I'm not done with the story yet. Okay. I'm almost done. I because I, I, I checked. I have two trophies left for the story missions. Got it. So I'm so I'm almost there because the last thing I got was Cap. Okay. Uh, and. Uh, there, are, there are two trophies left, and I looked at them. One of them doesn't tell me anything. The other one tells me something big. Okay, all right. Is uh, it yeah. the trophy names, or is it the unlock 
the description of the trophy. Oh, okay. Yeah. The trophy names don't tell me anything, but the description does. Got it. Because it tells you what that story beat is. Oh, okay. And, and it's the last trophy is defeat Modoc and somebody else who has not been in the game yet. Okay. And it's pretty big for Marvel. Okay. So you you know who it is. The trophy doesn't say and somebody else. Right. No, I know, I know who it is. I'm, that's what I'm saying here because I'm not spoiling it for anybody. Got it. It's Uncle Ben. <laughs> Which is weird because if you're playing on Xbox, you're never going to get Spider-Man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, one thing I like about this game, story-wise, is that it really does sell itself apart from the MCU. Oh, good. Uh, so one thing about this, uh, so when you first go or uh, a day in the beginning of the game, mm-hmm. so you're actually uh, first you're you're Kamala and you're going around to the festivities that they have set up there and everything. Okay. And so that's there's kind actually, of the tutorial of how to walk around, look around, things like that. Yeah. Okay. And what's great about it is that there's already a sense of legacy. That there have been other Avengers rosters. This is just a roster. Okay. Uh, because uh, as she's walking around, she ends up bumping into like Cap, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, they uh, are talking, uh, and she's wearing a Captain Marvel shirt. He goes, "Oh, you're a Captain Marvel fan." Well, she's off world right now, but uh, but I'm sure she'll be happy to know she has a fan here. Oh, cool. Uh, so Captain Marvel exists, mm-hmm. but she's not part of the roster. Yeah. Uh, also, when you're in the Chimera later on, you look at the rooms. Barton has a room, but Barton's not in the game. He's post game content. Is he? Because I heard that it's not Barton. There's two Hawkeyes. Oh, okay. They don't know. They specifically announced Clint Barton first. Oh, okay. All right. Kate Bishop is the first DLC coming. Oh, yeah. Got and it. then they're doing Barton. I thought that they announced Hawkeye, and everybody just assumed that it was Barton. No, they showed him. Oh, okay. All right. They showed they showed gameplay of him. Got it. It was a guy. <laughs> it wasn't Kate Bishop. Okay. Uh, uh, and then they then with the last war table they announced Kate Bishop. Oh, okay. Uh, but again, that's a way they're differentiating themselves from MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're not just going with characters who are in the MCU. Because obviously the villain of the game is Modok. Right. And uh, what's cool is this game is also an origin of Modok. And oh, they cool. actually make him a compelling character. Yeah. All right. I'll I'll keep an eye out on it. Yeah, so uh, like I said, it's a pretty good story that I think you would enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially uh, you and I, because we're comic book fans, tend to gravitate to those games anyway. Right. So uh, this one I would definitely recommend for you. Uh, you Because know, I'm not playing with anybody else, so I'm just playing through the campaign. And the campaign's fun. Uh, the story is engaging. Uh, and I haven't done much of the side stuff yet. Uh, but uh, uh, every uh, character also has their own iconic mission chain that you can also do. Mm-hmm. And that gives you an iconic costume. Got it. Uh, so for pre-ordering it, I got a bonus costume for every Avenger. Right. Uh, so I got. Uh, so I'm using a few of them right now. Like uh, I'm using uh, the Hulk pre-order costume, uh, which basically just the Hulk, but he has a, but he also has like a rip shirt on top of him. Also, looks okay. kind of cool. Uh, I put the Kamala alternate on because originally she was just in a t-shirt. This actually gave her a costume. Okay. Uh, I am not using the Iron Man one because the Iron Man alt that I got originally was the Mark One. Oh, <laughs> so uh, also there's one. Speaking of Iron Man, there's one moment in the game, uh, pretty late in the story, mm-hmm. uh, that uh reminded me actually it gave me a Saint Row vibe. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, specifically Saint Row Four. Uh, the intro. Okay. So, so you want to record the part of the missile and everything? Yeah. It gave me that vibe. 
where, okay. we, you know, when you're going back down to earth uh, and, uh, and playing, I don't miss a thing. Yeah. So this is Tony's going into space mm-hmm. because there's an AIM space station up there. He needs to go investigate. Sure. Uh, and so you had to fly through a storm and everything and stay on target. But the whole time, uh, uh, Tony's blasting his music mm-hmm. uh, and it's Iron Maiden Flight of Icarus. <laughs> okay. That's cool. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, so I, I appreciate like moments like that. Yeah. Which uh, that's also very fitting for his character. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, how I was saying how there's the sense of legacy. So there's a resistance against AIM. Uh, that's not the Avenger, but this resistance is actually being led by Hank Pym. Oh, okay. And Hank Pym uh, is Ant-Man. Yeah. He was a founder of the Avengers. Okay. So again, go more comics than MCU. Right, right. Because Scott has mentioned it all. <laughs> but I also, but also in the story, they rule out the possibility of Hank being a DLC character or both. Oh, yeah? yeah, because okay. uh, AIM experimented on him, he can no longer use his powers. Oh, oh. Or we'll kill him. Oh, so so uh, uh, Hank's not available uh, to actually fight with. Interesting. So uh, yeah, uh, there's a lot of of, of uh, history in there and everything. Also, what's kind of cool is you like a lot of the games, you can pick up like audio files to listen to and stuff like that. Get more background of what happened in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Um, you also collect comic books throughout the game uh, that you just find around the world, and yeah. they're actual they're actual Marvel comics, and you uh, get them in your collection that you can look at. Okay. Uh, and when you complete a collection, it actually gives you bonuses for your characters. Oh, nice. So, for example, I complete I completed a collection because you have to for the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first collection you complete is called the Avengers, and you do it at A Day. So when they're kind of teaching you how to play the game, when you're Kamala walking around A Day, yeah. you're collecting these comics at different stations. Okay. So it's actually an objective to complete them. Yeah. And then you end, I ended up popping a trophy just for completing a, a set, but that's because I had to. Cool. Uh, but that gives me a bonus by completing that set. And in every character has their own set. There's different kinds of sets that you can collect. And so, so that's kind of cool, also. Yeah, that sounds cool. Uh, and again, uh, a lot of the stuff that you know of as like a games as a service stuff sounds like as end game content. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm I'm willing to listen to a little bit more and see what you think. Okay. Yeah, because I'm almost done with the story. Okay. That's uh, because. I- because like I said, I have two trophies left for the story. That's one thing that gives me a little bit of pause is you've had it for, let's call it two days between Friday and today. We'll, we'll say that that's a, a full day. You're going to beat the game in two days. Oh, about, that's going to be closer to three, but yeah. Okay. You're going to beat the game in three days. So I want to, I want to wait to hear what you say about the multiplayer. Okay. Because if you fall off after two, after three days, then I think I'm out. Okay, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, because like I said, uh, I, I'm uh, I think the story alone is worth it. But again, uh, I'm but uh, you, but you have your own budget to worry about. Yeah, I mean it. It might be something that I pick up down the line when the price drops. Right. Because if the story is that good, then I think it'll be worth dropping thirty bucks on it, forty bucks on it. Right. But if if the multiplayer isn't there and the games of service feel isn't quite right then it's not worth $60 for me to play. Right. Well, from what, from what I've heard from people who have finished the game mm-hmm. online, uh, this might actually be the best games as a service. Oh, good. Uh, that's what I've heard. Okay. And this is actually a pretty good model from what I heard for like Suicide Squad and Gotham Knights. Oh, cool. Okay. 
Uh, because if they, if they stick the landing like this did, then they're going to be solid games. Awesome. Okay. Well, then I will keep my ears out. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'll let you know as I play more. Uh, but uh, I am definitely enjoying myself. And uh, and even with these, you know, even I have done a few war zone missions. Mm-hmm. And you don't even need to have the multiplayer turn on. You can just do it yourself and use your own characters. Because what, the way it works is if you don't have other people playing with you, yeah, it's your characters that are playing with you. Oh, okay. So, so it's not just ra- random bots. It's your it's uh, it's your level Iron Man with uh, with with your um, a costume you have on him and everything. Okay, and you get to choose who you put as your companions. That's cool. Uh, up to a team of four. Yeah. So you get three companions, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, and it's your characters. Uh, that that you're using, so so that that's why it, it's even worth it to even not play with other people, just play it by yourself, because then you have your characters, so you're building your own team. Okay, well then that doesn't sound too bad. Yeah, I recommend it. All right, see, I've got a game coming out in a couple of weeks that that I'm going to buy instead, though. What game is that? Uh, the Super Mario 3D All Stars. Oh yeah, yeah. S- I mentioned last week that Sarah was playing Super Lucky Tale with me. Yeah. Um, the other day when I was editing, she turned on the Xbox on her own volition. And I'm like, oh, you're going to play something? And she's like, yeah, I'll play something. So I I suggested that she play Banjo-Kazooie. And then two and a half, three hours later when I was done editing, she was still playing Banjo-Kazooie. She didn't huh. really know what she was doing, but she was still enjoying her time playing Banjo-Kazooie. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> I might as well get Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy for us to play together. Okay. Like, it's worth it. Yeah. Plus, I've never actually owned Super Mario, any of those. I've never owned those three games. Okay. Uh, I owned Sunshine. That's the only one that I, owned, that I ever owned. I feel like it's a, a black mark on my my nerddom to have never owned at least Super Mario 64. Yeah, I, I never owned it either. Uh, uh, because in the '64 era, I was honestly more into like shooters. Okay. Because I was like a golden eye guy, prefer dark eye. I was kind of a rare guy because I, I also had Banjo Kazooie. Sure. Uh, so I never, I, so I play, I dabbled with Mario 64 from rentals, but I never owned it. Yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to owning yeah. it. Yeah. Because I'm considering getting it as well. Okay. Well, it's something that we can talk about in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it be in this podcast or just our amongst ourselves. Right. All right. I think that just what does it for this week. I think you're right, Pat. So be sure to follow us on social media. I'm at Darth Pat on Twitter. I'm at Gino underscore Tyrone. Follow the podcast at TFN Podcast. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash TFN Pod. And let us know if you listen. Yes. Yeah, because if you don't, we are ending it after next week. <laughs> yeah. So. So let us know. Let us know. So uh, so we will continue if you do listen. Yep. And until next week, good night. Good night.